1: Megan and Tierney, and guests will make three, goddamn army, MASH Minute.
0: Welcome to MASH Minute, where we analyze the 1970 Robert Altman film, one minute at a time. I'm Megan Coleman.
1: I'm Tierney Steele, and today we have kidnapped yet another guest. Yay! I mean, <laughs> wonderful. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome, Doris. <laughs> Hi. You were saying you don't have any podcasts of your own. How is that possible?
2: I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm a failure in life, obviously.
1: What? No, it's just anytime we get people involved in these Minute Listener Society, I feel like we all end up chanting one of us, one of us, and then all of a sudden you magically have your own podcast.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the few who just listens <laughs> and guests occasionally. So, mm, Outlier.
1: Yeah, woo. Um, So I stole you from Indiana Jones Minute.
2: You did, and the guys will be mad. Uh Uh-oh. If they open my crate in the big crate room and I'm not in there.
1: (laughs) We'll sneak you back in. We've just got you for a few minutes. They won't even notice you're gone.
0: They won't even notice.
1: (laughs) And let's face it, even though they're all guesting on this show, what are the odds they actually listen to this show? So, we're fine. (laughs) I guess we should just dive into it then. Today we're going to talk about Minute 39, which technically starts with Duke displaying a dripping piece of toast to a disgusted crowd of partygoers. Let's just move past that. I'm over it. I wasn't (laughs) into it to begin with.
2: I mean, the cast says what we all think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh, exactly
1: I, quickly switches to a different scene which ends yeah. a minute later with Houlihan and Burns delighting in the letter they have written together
2: Aww. Mm. and how they delight
1: their faces
2: sealets, all of them
1: They are describing this unwholesome situation, and I think it's about to change to a different sort of unwholesome
2: situation. (laughs) Well, depends how you look at it. Looks like they're enjoying it, though. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and I will say, before we get inside the tent, this is, to me, such a Robert Altman thing. Of the jeep going past, and the car goes past, but you are zooming into the window. And Mm. then you're hearing what's happening inside before you switch to the inside shot. That just, it... Very nicely. I wanted to give it a shout
2: out. Yeah, wasn't wasn't that basically the movie where he invented that technique with the zooming in?
1: He uses a lot here. This is can we say this is Altman's first movie? That feels very disingenuous because he had a huge career before this, but he was mostly yeah. doing television and industrial movies. This like his is the first, first motion time. picture. Yeah, and yeah. so a lot of the things that would become hallmarks of Robert Altman, he's playing with here he's starting he's trying them out and a lot of them work so he's gonna go on to use them again
2: yes did one of the guys say that it makes you forget there's a camera there and you don't have to look at the camera you don't have to interact with the camera and when you're improvising and stuff it makes it easier to be natural yes mm. and
1: i will say the difference between like later on in the minute when they are showing the party i have the note that i 100 believe altman just threw a party they came in costume, and he let the cameras roll the whole time. And then he adr would Gould's line about Radar getting ready to sing them a song. And I think this because if you look at Sutherland drinking in the background of that scene, he just looks like, WTF? What am I doing yeah. here?
2: What <laughs> is this on? Well, I guess he was quite grateful for being there, being broken stuff.
1: So Sutherland did this movie because he needed the money. <laughs> and as the shoot went on, he understood better kind of what altman was going for he started to believe that altman did have some sort of vision for what this movie was going to be he wasn't just making it up as he goes along (laughs) but i think this party scene especially in this minute that doesn't look to me like donald sutherland playing hawkeye pierce in korea in 1950 that looks to me like (laughs) donald sutherland drinking a beer being like i guess
2: in 1969, <laughs> definitely. I have had, yeah, in 1969,
1: he is drinking a PBR being like, I have no idea what the bleep I am supposed to be doing in this scene. This director is a jerk. Like, I don't get it.
2: I better get paid for this after all, right? Yes, yes, (laughs) exactly. Especially being paid for it.
1: And it's, you're right, it's a really interesting contrast, that party scene that looks like Altman just let the cameras roll and was like, you're at a party, go for it, and then ADR'd in some lines later. Contrast that with Sally Kellerman and Robert Duvall in this tent. So
2: (laughs) put together.
1: It is such a different everything. Even the color saturation is
2: different. Yeah. It's like a total stage piece.
1: It is. Oh, God, the eye acting in this minute is fabulous.
2: <laughs> Robert Duval, He's so good at being a creep. <laughs> it's true. Frank <laughs> yeah. Burns is
0: my favorite person to love slash hate. Definitely.
2: Yeah, they're also different from TV version characters that we got to know. It hit me when I watched this movie again. I watched mm-hmm. it the last time maybe 15 years ago. I could hardly remember it until I watched it last week, and the difference is so striking because the TV thing is on all the time and it's it's the thing that you think of when you hear M.A.S.H. And I didn't even realize until I watched it again that it is Robert Duvall in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had to tell someone last night for the first time that there was a movie M.A.S.H. and it was delightful. (laughs) (laughs) Did their head explode? (laughs) They were just like, wait, the movie was... Fir- th- first they were like, oh, yeah, I guess I knew there was a movie. Like, somewhere in the back of my mind. And they're like, wait, it came first? I'm like, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it's on all the time, though, Doris, because that's one of the things I was going to ask of. In America, it absolutely was. Megan and I have both said there were just days where you the TV would just be on. And it's a half-hour show, so you would just hear the MASH theme every 30 minutes for <laughs> hours
2: at a time. <laughs> I might be wrong, but at least a couple of weeks ago, it was still on every day at like 5.30pm on one of the the smaller stations. So it's in constant reruns anywhere. Over the years, I've probably watched it all. Never actually sat down to watch it like consciously. Like an honor. You can't grow up in the 1980s and the 1990s and not catch M.A.S.H on television sometime. Not even in Germany. I'm
1: doing my victory dance, but you can't see it because this is a podcast. Mm.
2: <laughs> and I I have a friend who has all the stuff on DVD. She is the mm-hmm. ultimate fan of it, so <laughs> it has crossed the Atlantic, <laughs> definitely.
1: Yes. Well, I, I've told this story before, but the first episode of MASH I ever saw was while I was in England. And I was like, Mom, look at this British show. And she's like, nope. Not, <laughs> not. What's going on here? It's Put on fresh. your thinking cap. <laughs> I, do they dub it or is it subtitled?
2: They dub it. We dub everything.
1: Oh, I want to see. There's a clip that's dubbed in Italian that's like the only version I can find on YouTube of a song being performed in it. And so I always throws me off because the song is obviously whatever. They're just doing it. But the intro... Hearing Father Mulcahy in Italian is a trip for me. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and Henry Blake, too. He's just like, ah. Uh-huh. And then, like, radar pops out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Radar.
1: <laughs> I would be so curious because I love when you grow up hearing a certain person and then you hear someone else doing it. And it's just like, whoa, what's going on?
2: <laughs> I still don't know what clinger sounds like in English. Ooh.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like such a cleveland accent which probably means nothing to you is
1: that a thing well my thing is in in the 90s i was very excited to discover you could make your computer play certain sound you know how like oh there's the startup sound or there's the logging off sound like Mm -hmm. the wave
2: files yes Mm -hmm.
1: yes because i discovered like hey any wave file can go there (laughs) and one of the things i think it was when you started up the computer, or when you logged into the operating system, because one was a quote from Animal House, and one was Klinger introducing himself to Colonel Potter. When oh. he says, "I'm Section Eight, head to toe. I'm wearing a Warner bra. My last wish is to be buried in my mother's wedding dress." I'm not, oh my i my god! Be out. <laughs> and so I heard that over and over <laughs> and over again, <laughs> to the point where the cadence is in my brain for the rest of my life. And so it's so funny to me to think like it would just be. Totally different.
0: I changed my incoming email notification <laughs> to say "Mail Call from Radar."
1: <laughs> oh, I love
0: it. Mail Call, you're a real fan. Oh yeah, we we yeah. we we also have all
2: the DVDs of the TV show. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, my friend, who is the real fan, she is also a neurosurgeon. So, <gasps> oh, I love
1: it. <laughs> I've briefly, and when I say briefly, I mean like one trip to the library, flirted with the idea of being a cardiovascular surgeon purely to be like Hawkeye. (laughs) (laughs) That did not work out. (laughs) Would you
2: also take your Martinez from um, a trip?
1: I would happily do that. (laughs) And my thing is that I am a big arguer for that's wow. My brain is not working at this point, but a big proponent of gin martinis over vodka martinis, which makes me very unpopular in the present world.
2: The original.
1: I'm actually not really a big fan of martinis, period, (laughs) though, to be fair. I'm much closer to drinking the PBRs with these guys. (laughs) Which is fair. I could not stop watching. As you said, we all got here because it's Robert Duvall is doing... Like his little shifty eyes. And then she has what I describe in my notes as oomph eyes. Oomph eyes. Which I was trying to explain to someone recently what oomph means. And it's like, you just, you know it when you see it. Like, ooh, the ooh eyes. The like, oh, wait a second. This guy and I are, we're clicking. This could could And then she smiles and it's like, this could be a thing. (laughs)
2: I noted that he kind of looks at her like a little kid looks at Mama. So, adore you. Holy mother of God. Sorry, I'm I'm totally blaspheming right now.
1: I won't tell Father David Maurer. It's, okay. <laughs> it's all
2: good. He is, like, adoring her. That's a really
1: good point. Yeah, because he's already into her. We're going to see things progress, but these little...
2: She's the only one who wears her uniform according to standards. He sees from, from the very beginning, she steps off that helicopter. That He's into
1: it. <laughs> He's into it.
2: <laughs> He's found a kindred spirit, right? You can tell this woman is following the rules. She is my kind of girl. Her eyes, when she's typing, it's so self-satisfied. So, yeah, yeah, yeah letter. Mm. I'm going to show are- it to them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They are both into Margaret Houlihan in this minute. Yes, basically. absolutely. <laughs> they are both feeling it. Uh, the one thing that is driving me nuts, and I need to look up the rules for women, because I know if you are a male in the military, you would not have your hat on indoors. And you'll notice it in this film, they usually take off their cap. Well, she the ones do. that are following the rules. right? Yeah, She does this <laughs> But here's something I thought of, because I'm like, look at that jaunty angle. And then I was like, wait, your cap is your... Because the way I had explained to me is you need to be undercover at all times. And so when you're inside, you have the ceiling. And when you're outside, the cap is your lid. And that way your head's always Covered. covered to God, I guess. I don't know where that came from originally. But I realized the way she has it on her head, that hat has to be bobby
0: pinned into place oh right? right. yeah they were pinned pinned. i think yeah
1: and so a woman wouldn't be able to just pop it on and off the way the guys do
0: because their hats aren't practical the woman's hats are like totally not practical they're just there to be pretty
1: yeah i wonder if they have a different rule that i just never noticed
2: could very well be and her hair is also very elaborate so if she takes it on and off it would come loose and look all See.
0: Well, and Bobby pins aside, Houlihan always has struck me as being the one who wears the metaphorical pants in that dynamic. <laughs> anyway, save it. <laughs> <laughs> so until you know, they come off, it seems appropriate that you know she's wearing the hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's mm. not.
1: She, it's so funny. The contrast is even more obvious in the next minute. We'll get there. We'll get (laughs) there. Yeah, I know. But like the contrast between their what they're wearing, and you're right. He has decided this is the girl for me, and she is just 100 in this. Like we're writing this letter, and then I think it is. It's the oomph eyes where she's like, "Ooh, this guy. We are in sync. We do make a good pair." I think about this now it i don't think has occurred to her up until this point
2: point. and he's the one who can spell the word morale <laughs> the others even don't know what that means probably oh my gosh
1: it's so it's kind of sweet <laughs> How <laughs> And and i adore her because i am also that person who has to say what i'm typing I cannot have a conversation (laughs) with someone while typing. I will type what I am saying. And so when you're concentrating, it's like, okay, I am typing this text to Megan. Doris and I are on the cast session now. See you soon.
2: (laughs) True. (laughs) Happens to me as well. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm talking to you and I'm I'm writing something, I will write what I'm talking about. Also, Mm Hulahan, she kind of looks like she's from a different planet somehow. I mean, the whole setup, of course, the whole way this movie feels doesn't feel like Korea in the 50s. It feels Vietnam in the 70s or late 60s, which I think was his intention. And Hulahan, she's the one who really looks like 1950
1: to me. The hair, the nails.
2: Yeah. None of the other women do but she is 1950. She is old-fashioned, straight-laced, put together.
1: Yeah, well, and I have trouble, because even Frank Burns doesn't have that feeling. He looks like he's in Vietnam, too, but I wonder if that's because I'm conflating apocalypse now.
2: And he's been there too long, simply. He's he's been there a couple of months. She's just arrived.
1: (laughs) She isn't rumpled. She isn't tired yet, right? (laughs) Well, I think... That's why she changed so much in the TV show, because you can only play this character this way for so long before it's like, yeah, it's old. She, there's nowhere
2: to go with it. Yeah, before it seems totally out of place. Yes. In a movie, you
1: can have this character who seems like she's dropped in from another world because you can explore how it, she is completely different from everyone else. But in a TV show, you can ex, you can only explore that for so long, and then you need to develop the character hmm. and move on.
2: Yeah, same thing with Burns, though. I mean, he vanishes at the halfway point.
1: Mm-hmm. And he does it in the movie and the TV show. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa. I mean, <laughs> yeah, half oh, halfway. That makes sense. Fifth season.
0: Yeah, about halfway. Yeah, oh, Oh. Megan,
1: take a note. Like, let's talk about that in the movie when Duvall leaves. Because I just thought of that. Like, oh, it is kind of the same. Parallels. (laughs) One thing that is driving me nuts that is across both the movie and the TV show is I don't think that J stands for anything. Sincerely yours, Margaret J. Houlihan. Or major Margaret Trey Houlihan. And in her in the TV show, on her sign on her door, she is mage M. Hmm. Well, oh, maybe it doesn't have the... I thought there was something in the show where it's always her middle initial is J. Right. Hmm, maybe it's just J. Yeah, I cannot find anything. But I've only seen that with men before. Where J stands for J, basically.
2: Is J a female name? J the no. bird? No. Yeah,
1: well, because the thing is, like, middle names used to not be... And I am now talking out of my history major. I do not have the citations in front of me. (laughs) But middle names used to not be as common. If I'm remembering correctly, it was much more, like, upper classy. Like, rich people have a ton of names. I mean, that's still true. The British royal family have a lot more names than I do. And having a middle name and thus a middle initial, was kind of a sign of, like, being fancy businessman, made it, white collar sort of thing. And so people who didn't have middle names would make up a middle initial or assume Sound a middle more name. Posh? And I know several guys have done that with Jay. Hmm.
2: Well, isn't Margaret Houlihan the perfect woman to do just that? Yeah, from her character to make herself more fancy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. One of the common things was for men to have a J initial and it's like, oh, does it stand for John? Does it stand for James? And they're like, oh, it it stands for J, J J-A-Y. And it's just like, they just picked one that looked right. But I've never seen that with a female character. Homer Simpson did it. Uh, People in my family did it. Mm -hmm. But I never realized that Houlihan does it.
2: Fits her character in my book, so she is the person to make herself more grandiose.
1: You're right, because it's a very formal thing. Mm-hmm. So it does fit her. And I have to say, my last note for this minute is a incredibly frustrating one. Because if you thought I was annoyed trying to look up Hot Lips's middle name, wait for which is frustrating me Come trying on. to figure out what type of typewriter that is. Ooh. <laughs> Doesn't that seem like something a movies by minute podcaster should be able to find? wouldn't that be cool information to give our listeners and then I could talk about the history of that machine and is it period accurate and blah 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 and I can't find it
2: it's probably period accurate for the period the movie was made Thank you, Doris. <laughs> I mean, they shot it. Or, or they found
0: it on a back lot somewhere and went, you yeah, know They shot works. it
2: on the back lot of Fox <laughs> anyway, so probably it's taken from storage right next to the back lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's fair. You could go to Fox and be like, we need a typewriter for a film set in 1950. And I'm sure, oh, my God, there's probably someone whose job it is to say, here you go. Oh, I want that. That's
2: awesome. Even if it is like from the 1940s or 1930s, it would probably still be period accurate because how long can you use these things? Oh, yeah. They last forever.
1: My parents finally threw out my mother's electric typewriter from the late 70s two years ago. I mean, it was recent. Yikes. Well, you stopped being able to get the tape, and then its its main purpose was to keep the cat out of the knee wall, and so my father decided they no longer needed to have that in the (laughs) attic.
2: We still have my motherless old manual typewriter at, Mm -hmm. must be at least 60 years old now. Yeah,
1: they're awesome. I actually, like there's something to the heaviness of the keys that is immensely satisfying. Absolutely. And it doesn't crash.
2: Mm. And it doesn't drop the Wi-Fi. No.
1: Not that I would know anything about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it has the satisfying ding when she gets to the end. so it it is a manual, obviously. And it looks like there's a at least brand name in that little stripe across the back. Like that looks like a little metal ta- nameplate tag that has been added to it that would say, "What type of typewriter this is?
2: <laughs> but I can't make it out. And that satisfying feeling of pulling the paper out of it, like, oh yeah.. Mm, perfect to
1: quote Burns. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this minute ends in such a happier place. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
2: Not unwholesome at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, Doris, can you come back tomorrow? Because
2: For more no to unwholesomeness, wholesome.
1: you mean? Well, you did mention that Bobby Duval is good at playing a creep.
2: <laughs> Not only in this one, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I can definitely come back tomorrow.
1: Yay! Yay! We can't pretend we don't know what happens next in the movie because it's kind of important for <laughs> discussions of how relationships are developing at this point.
2: Unwholesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, usually this is where we give our guest a chance to plug their creative endeavors. Hum. You have a cute dog on the internet?
2: <laughs> well, I only have like a Facebook and I only have an Instagram, but neither of those are plugging anything. If you want to see the occasional uh, picture of my dog, yeah, you can look me up. Otherwise, I do not have a podcast, I do not have a website. <sighs> I'm a loser. <gasps> no, don't say that! <gasps> I don't consider myself a loser, now.
0: I, I until very recently did not have a podcast either, so it's okay. Yeah.
2: Well, Some day, maybe, you never know. I'm not a millennial. A movie
1: will come into your heart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of movies in my heart. The thing about podcasts is that you have to do the recording and the editing, and that is not my thing. <laughs>
1: Well, we'll do the crass plugging. Is it capitalism if we're not making any money? Question mark. Listeners can find us on Facebook. We have a listeners group called the MASH Minute Post App Listeners Ward, where we discuss things. You can also find us on Twitter at MASH Minute if your Facebook isn't your jam. And if Twitter isn't your jam because reasons. Everything. Everything's reasons. terrible. Just accept it. We are on Instagram at MASH Minute. And if you're just like i have forsook all social media go to mashminute.com or email mashminute at gmail.com <laughs> and if you don't do either of those things just listen to the podcast and enjoy oh rate and review us on your podcast catcher of choice there we go Ta-da. you have to do at least one of these things because you're hearing my voice <laughs> now and you can hear it tomorrow for a minute 40. <laughs>